You're listening to a podcast from Victory. Jesus interprets the law against murder. Learn more about murder and anger in week four of our series, Redefined. Today, in the next five weeks, we are transitioning to this part of the sermon of Jesus that talks about our relationship with one another. One of our, our Victory Group members was showing me this week his new 3310. This one is upgraded. Uh, the older one, uh, for those of you who don't know, this phone, this model is actually the third best selling cell phone in history. One of the most popular and one of the most successful. And one of the first mobile phones to feature an internal antenna. So major breakthrough technology na po yan before. Um, because uh, we used to have these cell phones with antennas and it's not really easy to keep that in your pocket. So when this came out, it became really huge, became popular. Uh, not only that, but meron siyang snake na game, di ba? <laughs> Now, with this new one, they've added uh, some new applications and uh, new technology. Now, it has two megapixel camera. It's Wi-Fi capable, colored screen, and you can send pictures and all of that. Bluetooth. So, marami na siya, no? Parang sobrang ganda na. Uh, same company, same model, uh, but they just upgraded this version of cell phone. And I'm showing that to you because I think that's a picture of Jesus' sermon on the mount. Because God was, Jesus was talking about old teachings. He did not change. He actually just tried to upgrade. Okay. He's, he's, he did not add or alter these teachings. He simply gave us a better or higher resolution. You know, we have that in our pictures. We have what we call low-res and high-res, meaning if you have a high-resolution image, it's going to show better on screen or in print. And so in the same way, when Jesus gave us these teachings and the law of Moses, there's a higher resolution so we can have a better understanding of what it meant originally. Because when it was given, especially the Ten Commandments through Moses, it was very clear to the original audience, but through the years when it was passed on from one generation to another, some people uh, diluted and twisted the teaching. And now we have a new version that sometimes it's very different from the original. So Jesus came and redefined these teachings. So today in the next five weeks, we are going to see six theological upgrades from the diluted law of Moses that was passed down for generations. We're going to look at Jesus' teachings concerning our relationship with one another. So if you have your Bible with you, we're going to read from Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to read from verse 21 to 26. It says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. 
Verse 25, come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. In verse 26, truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Okay, we'll talk about murder. Verse 21, uh, Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, you shall not murder. And this law is grounded on the fact that humans are created in the image and likeness of God. If you read the Bible, it places really a high value on a person's life, the sanctity of life. And the reason for that is because the Bible says we are created in the image and likeness of God. You know, I like what Wayne Grudem is a theologian, and here's what he said about this. He said, even though men are sinful, there is still enough likeness to God remaining in them that to murder another person is to attack that part of creation that most resembles God, and it betrays an attempt or desire to attack God himself. So, every person that we're going to meet, that person is a person of immense worth and value. Every person is important and valuable in the eyes of God because we're created in His image and likeness. That's why the Bible says, do not murder anyone. And I think, I'm just imagining, when Jesus was giving this sermon, there is a general agreement among the people. Siyempre parang, of course, that's logical. Of course, that's given. And I'm assuming the same way with us today, that we're all agreeing that murder is wrong. You know, even if you're not a Christian, if you are not a person who regularly goes to church, if you don't consider yourself religious, yet you know instinctively that there is a big difference between a murdered cockroach and a murdered person. If you go to a restaurant and you see a cockroach, diba? Pag may nakita, ay, ew! Yun lang yung expression natin. But it's different if you enter a restaurant and there's a, a person lying there on the floor, murdered. Diba? You don't say, ay, ew! Matatakot ka, mag-freak out ka, you know? Because there's a big difference. So everybody was in agreement. And I think everybody feels righteous. They're saying, okay, kami, we're doing that. So check that part of the Ten Commandments. When they were nodding and giving their agreement, that's when Jesus said verse 22. And He challenged their perspective. And here's where He redefined and gave a better understanding of what that means. In verse 22, But I say to you, Jesus said, that everyone who is angry with his brother or sister or wife or friend is liable to judgment. And at first, if you read that, that does it doesn't sound fair. You can't put them in the same category and you can't give the same degree of judgment when, when it comes to murder and anger. But God was trying to make a point. Because during that time, the religious leaders were so focused on the external. If, if everything is, looks good on the outside, then you're okay. But Jesus was focused always after the internal, the heart. Because God, Jesus knew that it's very possible for us to look good on the outside and to do the right things, yet at the same time, we're not right with God. How many of you know that's possible? It's possible to go to church. It's possible to, say, to sing the song, lift our hands. It's possible to give uh, to the poor and do all these religious things. It's very possible to do the right things and not have the right motive. And not have the right heart. 
in Matthew chapter 15, verse 19, For out of the heart come evil ideas, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. All these things that you see on the outside, it comes from the inside. Murder is the fruit, but anger is the root. It comes from that. You know, long before something happens in your life, it happened in your heart. That's why Jesus said, you know, there's no difference. It's just a matter of time before what's inside will be expressed and will be seen on the outside. So, uh, you know, when, when Jesus talked about anger, normally it entails this desire to harm or destroy someone. Diba? How many of you here nagalit na kayo? You know, if you're mad, you, you think all kinds of violent things. And, and so, anger typically entails a desire to damage or to destroy the other person, either in words, in thoughts, and action. That's why in that verse, uh, Jesus said, when you insult someone, or you say, you fool, and when I was reading that, I was, uh, I was thinking to myself, grabe, mas marami pa ako nasabing mas... Mas ano, mas masahol pa sa you fool. Ang, ang ganda pa nga pakinggan, di ba? You fool. But yun, in Tagalog, I'm sure you as well have said something uh, more vicious or terrible than that. But Jesus said, actually, when you attack someone's character or identity, when you insult somebody or when you say you fool, you'll be liable to, to the hell of fire or fire of hell. And when Jesus said that, he's actually referring to a place outside ancient Jerusalem. There is this place called uh, Gehana. Okay? Gehana. And in that place, there's this fire. Para siyang tapunan ng, alam niyo, tapunan ng basura, tapos may fire continuously. There's smoke, there's fire. And according to some historians in the Old Testament, some kings, king of Judah, used to bring them child sacrifice in that place and they will throw their child and there's a fire there and that's child sacrifice right there. So in that place, during the time of Jesus, that's the picture of hell for them. So every time Jesus would talk, talk about hell, they would refer back to that image. But I believe it's not just uh, Jesus telling us literally that if we don't make it right, right relationship with God and one, one, one another, it's not just talking about the literal fire of hell, but I believe it's a representation that Jesus is trying to use to communicate to us that if we harbor anger in our hearts, we're going to set our lives and our relationships on fire. Our life and our relationship will be like living hell. Parang di ka pa namamatay, na-experience mo na yung hell dito. We're, we're burning the relationship. We're burning this relationship that God has given to us. That's why in, uh, in verse 23 and 24, it says, so if you are offering your gift at the altar, so Jesus said, and he used this church service like this. If you are attending a service, actually that's the context of this, and suddenly God reminds you of uh, an offense or uh, a relationship that you need to, to make right, the, 
Jesus said, stop the worship. You don't have to finish it. Leave and then go to that person and be reconciled. But you don't have to do that now because it will be obvious. But that's the context. So he said, be reconciled. You know why? Because God wants to restore relationships. God wants us to have to our for our relationships to flourish. You know, in Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen to nineteen, it says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, how many of you are in Christ? You've given your life to Jesus." He said, uh, "If anyone is in Christ, is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come." If you're a Christian, if you're in Christ, you have all the reason to be excited. Because God is making everything new in your life. The life you used to have, God is bringing you something new. And here's in verse 18, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus did not only save you and me, he gave us a ministry. And that is not kids ministry, that's not music ministry, that's the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. That's the good news. The Bible says we violated the laws of God, we've offended them many times, yet God dropped the charges against us. How many of you are grateful for what Christ has done for us? He dropped the charges against us, and instead of judging us, He gave us forgiveness. He not counting our trespasses against him. And because of that, rather than judging us, he forgave us. The relationship was restored. Now we have a relationship with God that we enjoy. But Jesus said, don't let that reconciliation stop with you and me. God is not only concerned about our relationship with him. God is also concerned about our relationship with other people. And he said, it's not just about you and me having this great relationship. Guess what? I'm going to use you so that other people will be reconciled to me as well. But before you can help someone be reconciled back to God, you need to be reconciled with that person. You know, God's plan for us is for the relationships to be restored to its original design. But how many of you know that it's not only God who has a plan for our lives? How many of you know the devil also has a plan for our lives? So may option naman tayo eh. Which one will you choose? And the, the, the plan of the enemy, the Bible says, is to steal, kill, and destroy. Everything good in your life. God, the creation of God is good. When, the, when, sin came, when sin came, everything was ruined. But God is in the process of restoring everything. But the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Not only that, to bring division among us. Because Jesus said, A kingdom divided against itself will not stand. That applies to marriage. That applies to family. That applies to friendship. If we're not one, if we're not at peace, no relationship will flourish. No no relationship will stay together. So, So God wants us to be reconciled, but the enemy wants to divide us. He wants to put a wall instead of a bridge. And the way he's doing that is through offense offense. How many of you here, you've been offended before? Na experience na ma offend. How about you offending someone? How many of you offended someone today before going to church? 
You know, I remember, I, I remember this. When I was in New Belt as a youth pastor, and this is one of my bloopers. I was going to church. I was in a hurry because I'm about to preach. I was running late. So I was driving. It was too late for me to realize uh, yung New Belt po nasa Spanya area. Nasa Santa Mesa area na ako, sa may SM Center Point. It's when, when I was there, that's the only time I realized that coding pala yung koche. Number coding. So I was, uh, uh, immediately I panicked and I was praying to God, Oh no, Lord, Lord, please blind the law enforcers. I'm, hindi <laughs> answer ni Lord yung prayer ko, no? Kasi nahuli ako. <laughs> Pag bad talaga yung prayer mo, no? So I was apprehended by the law enforcer. So I lowered the window. I could grab it. So sorry, sir. Sabi niya, sir, coding tayo. So ako, nilalabas ko na yung driver's license ko. O nga, sir, pasensya na kayo. Ngayon ko lang na-realize. Nagmamadali ako eh. Sabi niya, saan ba kayo papunta? Where are you going? Sabi ko, sa church. Tinanong ako eh, bawal magsinungaling. Sabi niya, ano ba kayo? Pastor. <laughs> Oh, okay. I don't know if he's a Christian, but when he heard that, sabi niya, okay. So, pastor pala kayo. So, feeling ko naman di kayo nagsisinungaling. So, you know, instead of, and I was not expecting it, so instead of him getting my driver's license and giving me a ticket, he said, okay, sir, di naman kayo nagsisinungaling. Siguro. <laughs> so, next time, ingat lang. Medyo alalahanin natin kasi bawal yan. Pero sabi niya, mayroon pa akong dalawang kasamahan dyan. Baka mahuli pa kayo. So, here's what I'm going to do. He returned, he returned my driver's license. Sabi niya, just follow me. I will escort you going to church. So, he was there. I was driving. He's in front, riding his motorcycle. Tapos may wang-wang pa kami. Ano? So, parang, parang... Well, that's ha- while that was happening, in my mind, I was thinking, wow, this is a powerful picture of grace. How many of you know that's an example of grace? Instead of us, because of what we violated God's laws, instead of judgment, God gave us His blessing. Instead of us being fined and judged, God gave us His grace. And so in my mind, when we, uh, when we reached the church, paalam na kami, say, Sir, thank you, I'll pray for you and your family. Umalis na siya. I was very excited, and the, the wrong decision that I made was I posted it on Facebook. So I have this picture, but I was trying to highlight grace. I said, uh, you know, it was wrong. I deserve a fine, a ticket. Yet this policeman, let, instead of giving me... So I explained it. So dami likes, comments. Who's that police? Where is he stationed? <laughs> so daming likes. Every, a lot of people were encouraged except two. Two were offended. One church member, one pastor. And they said, I think this is, you're promoting corruption and abuse of authority. <laughs> oh. So I, I felt bad, you know, I, I prayed to God. And after I prayed to God, I blocked that pastor in, face, in my Facebook. <laughs> but I realized, no matter what you do, you know, sometimes, even if your motive is good, sometimes you will still offend people. You know, there's, there, we, we live in a world of perpetual offense. There's an ending opportunity to be offended and to offend someone. Unmet expectations, uh, random comments. I mean, all these things can happen. So the question is not whether you will be offended because you will be offended. You will be offended. The question is how will you respond? 
how will you respond? Another thing, um, you know, another thing about offense is that proximity determines impact. No one can offend you the way the people you love the most can. Iba pag stranger mag-offend sa'yo, parang you can easily brush it off, but it's different when it's your parents or your spouse. The closer the relationship, the greater the opportunity for offense. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know, Jesus said, don't wait for the other person to reach out to you. In fact, he said, if you're in the worship service, don't wait for it to finish. Go. Take the initiative. Don't wait for the other person to take the initiative. Don't wait for the perfect timing. The perfect timing for reconciliation, if you're praying about it, is not next year or next month or next week. It's today. In fact, after this service, that's the right time to start reaching out if there's anybody that you're not in right relationship with. He said, you know, sometimes there is something more important than being right. And that is doing what is right. You know, I, I attended this uh, bachelor party. You know, tama na. No, kanina sabi ko, shower party. <laughs> Pastor, anong ginagawa mo sa shower party? So I've, I've attended this uh, bachelor party. I did uh, one-to-one with this guy. I, dis- I discipled this guy. And he got married last week. So yung last month, Yun yung bachelor party niya. And so there's a lot of married people there. And there's a portion where uh, the married guys would give their advice to this guy who's about to get married. So lots of good advice. But, you know, there are, there's two advice that stood out for me. One, first time ko narinig, no? Sabi nung isang husband, uh, bro, my advice to you is invest in a good sofa. Bago yun, Kasi sabi niya, because there will be fights. And when that happens... And you cannot sleep in your bedroom. You'll be thankful. <laughs> so I was taking notes. <laughs> and then the other one, sabi niya, bro, when it comes to your marriage, remember this. It's better to lose the fight than to lose the relationship. Okay lang, minsan, matalo ka na. But you know, kaya nga may God factor eh. There's a God who's sovereign. Ang favorite line ng wife ko sa akin, I trust the Holy Spirit in you. Sa Tagalog, bahala na ang Diyos sa iyo. And I know that, you know, in a 30 minutes message like this, it's impossible to actually address all kinds of situations and cases. I know some cases are more complicated. I know that for some of us, it will not be easy. In fact, it will be very hard to actually obey what God is telling us to do. But in, har- in, in dealing with offense or anger in our hearts, we actually have three options only. One is to resent, harbor it forever. Second is to retaliate, get back, take revenge. But the third that God is teaching to us is to release, to release forgiveness. If you harbor unforgiveness, it's going to eat you up. It's going to burn you alive. It's going to make your life and relationships like a living hell. Kaya may mga tao, di ba, parang they're controlled by someone else. By something that happened 10, 20 years ago. And we're not say, saying that it's nothing and we're not downplaying what happened. We're not uh, trying to sugarcoat what happened. We're not saying that's not bad or that's not uh, painful. But we have to make a choice. 
Are we going to let that continue having power and influence over us for the rest of our lives? Are we going to keep that bitterness inside? Are we going to keep on retaliating? Or are we going to take that step of faith to release it to God and trust Him to heal us? And trust Him to work in their situation. In the last verse, in verse 25 and 26, he said, come to terms quickly with your accuser. This is the last part. He used this analogy, this example of a person who's being brought to the court. Meron siyang atraso. And the advice was, you settle matters quickly, don't let it reach the court. Or else, if you face the judge, you will have far greater trouble than the trouble that you're in right now. During the time of Jesus, if somebody cannot pay his debts, he will be put in prison and he will stay there until he paid the full amount. Some people will die in prison because they cannot pay. And so uh, the advice was, before you reach the court and face the judge, try to settle the matters quickly, find a good payment term, whatever you can do, settle it, don't let it, be, don't let it continue or prolong, settle it before you face the judge. You know, someone said that forgiveness is the act of letting a prisoner free and that prisoner is you. Sabi niya, don't let, don't let it reach the court, face the judge, or you will be put in prison and you will be in dark cell forever. When you harbor offense, you thought you're punishing the other person, but the opposite is true. You're punishing yourself. You're in that prison. And I believe today God wants to release some of us from that prison. You know, offense is an event, but to live offended is a decision. Will you stay? Will you allow yourself to stay that way and be offended? You know, going back to the verse I read earlier about reconciliation, if you reflect on that about what Christ has done for us, that's the good news. God dropping all the charges against us. If Jesus did that for us, what? offense can't we drop and forgive we can forgive and we should forgive because we ourselves are recipient of god's forgiveness god is not asking you and me something that he did not first do for us and because we are grateful for the forgiveness because we're we're restored and healed because of god's forgiveness god said don't keep it to yourself but allow yourself to be a vessel and allow yourself to be a channel of healing to other people as well. Release the offense. Receive the healing. And allow God to restore the relationship. I want to end here. And again, I believe at this point, even while I'm preaching, I believe there are offenses that God is bringing into mind. Maybe God is reminding us. It's been there for a long time. And our decision was just try to forget it. But there wasn't, there's, there's no closure. It's possible for you to forget it. You will not. And the only way for us to actually be released from that is to actually acknowledge the pain and to actually go to God for healing. I believe God wants to heal some of us here today from our hurts and our wounds. And I believe there are relationships that God wants to restore. You know, after the 5.30 p.m. service, and I'm going to pray after this, somebody approached me and he was asking me what he's going to do with this relationship. 
with this other guy who's really mad at him and is thinking if he's going to reach out. But he, he tried before to reach out, but this guy is not responding. But I was telling him that it's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to reach out. Don't focus on something you cannot control. You focus on what God is doing in your heart. And you trust that if you do the right thing, God will do what is right in His eyes. So don't focus on, is, is that person responding right? No. You ask yourself, am I responding right? Because God is doing something in our heart. And in the process of walking by faith, in the process of trusting God's word, in the process of doing that, though it's not easy, though it's difficult, though it's painful, that you will encounter the grace of God and that you will receive the miracle and the healing of God. Amen? Father, thank you, Lord, for reconciling us to yourself. Today we are grateful for the many blessings we enjoy because of that reconciliation with you. We are grateful for the forgiveness. We're grateful for the peace. We're grateful for the joy. We're grateful for the relationship. We're grateful for the blessing. But Lord, you said in your word, it's not just for us to enjoy. It's not just our relationship with you that you want to restore. But it's our relationship with our family members. It's our relationship with our friends, with other people. God, thank you that you want us to enjoy a life-giving, fulfilling relationship. That's what we want, Lord. We want to get right with you, and we want to get right with others. We want to be set free from whatever is holding us back to become the man and woman that you want us to be. We want to be healed from the wounds of the past. We want to release the offenses. We don't want to harbor bitterness and anger anymore. We don't want our lives and our, our life and our relationship to be set on fire and to be like a living hell. Lord, we want to trust your word. We acknowledge that you are wiser than us, that you know what's best for us, that your intention is good, that we can trust you to do what is just. Lord, I pray, God, that we will have the humility to acknowledge you. We will have the humility to surrender to you. We will have the faith to follow your word. Even though it's difficult, even though it will be painful, painful process, but we are trusting that in that process we'll encounter your grace and we'll encounter your miracle. And in the process we will be healed. And in the process we will find our freedom. So thank you, Lord. I pray we will be doers, not hearers only. I thank you for the power of your word to cut through our hearts. Not to endure us, but to heal us. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph slash resources slash podcasts.